Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. On June 7th, women incarcerated at the Logan Correctional Center, the largest women's prison in Illinois, went on hunger strike in response to their living conditions. The strike lasted for two days, and at least three strikers participated. This report is based on coverage from journalist Sarah Conway with an article forthcoming in the Chicago Reader. A striker told Conway, quote, either people get conditioned to inhumane and disgraceful treatment, or we use a lot of energy fighting for our rights, end quote. Conway's early reports say that the women have reported experiencing the following. Walking through raw sewage in their housing unit, being locked in sewage, being housed in unlivable conditions that are inhumane and unsanitary, being denied hepatitis A and B shots after requests because of sewage, living in a housing unit with 55 women with bed spaces that are only three feet apart during the pandemic, living with maggots, mold in the sinks and showers, no bleach to clean, no Wi-Fi, phones, or video visit access in their current housing unit, no cameras in their open living quarters with an all-male correctional officer staff in the housing unit. One of the women on strike was assaulted by a male correctional officer in the past year, and not having cameras exacerbates her trauma. Quote, I'm not asking for good days or half of their paycheck, just a livable environment, period, she said. A University of Chicago survey of mothers incarcerated at the Logan Correctional Center in 2017 and 2018 showed that 99% of the women incarcerated had experienced physical, emotional, or sexual abuse in their lives. And many women in Illinois prisons experienced continued abuse during incarceration, including coercion related to their children, immigration status, access to housing, verbal and mental abuse, and threats of harm. Many of these traumas go undocumented and underreported due to unlivable conditions like no camera and no phone or video visit access. On June 9th, after strikers missed at least seven meals, prison officials gave them an alternative housing unit. Our episode this week is a memorial to Corey Cardinal. Regular listeners will remember Corey as the organizer of the recent hunger strikes in Saskatoon Correctional and as a past contributor to KiteLine. An inspiration to many and a tireless advocate on behalf of incarcerated people, Corey passed away earlier this month. In memoriam, Corey Charles Cardinal, 1983-2021 to by Abby Studnick. Prisoner justice advocate, word warrior, relative, friend, and comrade. Born in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and a member of the Sturgeon Lake Cree Nation, Mr. Corey Charles Cardinal, also known as Cardinalis, died of a drug overdose on June 9, 2021, at the age of 38. His tireless work on behalf of his community of incarcerated and street kin provides a powerful example of what it means to devote one's life to community care and relational responsibility inside the prison and beyond. 
In one of the many letters he wrote over the past year to Saskatchewan Minister of Corrections and Policing Christine Tell, protesting the deplorable conditions of provincial jails during COVID-19, Cardinal signed off as advocate with the inmates. Not advocate for the inmates, but with them. This small but crucial word choice says much about the ethic of relationality that guided all of Cardinal's work. Cardinal was a leader, yes, but he didn't lead as an individual apart from or above his community. He positioned himself as one among many in a circle of brothers whom he often described as young lost Aboriginal warriors. And Cardinal was certainly a warrior, a self-described protector of the people. He waged many battles against the settler colonial institutions and structures that target Indigenous peoples for elimination. Systems of Oppression Cardinal's experience with systems of colonial violence began during childhood when he was taken from his parents and put into the child welfare system. Describing himself as a product of foster homes, Cardinal was part of the Stolen Generations, or 60s Scoop, a term that refers to the estimated 20,000 Indigenous children taken from their families between 1960 and 1990 and placed in primarily white homes. Lost to the grip of child welfare, Cardinal wrote in Straight Up in Gangs, many troublesome years of abuse at the hands of different foster parents sowed a profound seed of dysfunction amongst me and my siblings. In Calgary, Alberta, Cardinal and his brother and sister were bounced around from foster home to foster home. Quote, growing up and getting moved from place to place, I learned to fight and stand up for myself. As I grew older, he continued, so did the dysfunctional seed that was planted by the gardener of abuse and neglect, which soon started blossoming into feelings of abandonment and anger. At the age of 15, in an effort to find belonging and acceptance, he joined a gang, which he later left. Quote, after learning that my brother dropped his colors, that is, left the gang, I followed suit, which inherited me a lot of enemies, most of whom I had never even met. In addition to his critique of the child welfare system, Cardinal wrote passionately about the role of policing in the dispossession of Indigenous peoples. In his poem, Eight Diagrams of Street Logic, he warns, Watch who you trust. Don't talk to no cops. All they have for a native is their keys and their locks. In 2018, he brought media attention to his experience of being racially profiled by police, commenting in a statement to pro bono law Saskatchewan, quote, the police officer pulled me in because I was Aboriginal, and they thought I matched a description. I am being dragged through judicial proceedings for a crime I have nothing to do with. Cardinal continued to hone his critical analysis of the penal system as an instrument of settler colonial warfare during his most recent stint at the Saskatoon Correctional Center. In a recorded talk for the Saskatchewan Manitoba Alberta Abolition Coalition, or SMAC, he explained his perspective on the impact of colonial systems on young Indigenous men. In Saskatchewan provincial jails, approximately 75% of prisoners are Indigenous. I was a patron of this uh, systemic uh, oppression that affected this demographic of young lost Aboriginal men who had no idea and had no, no, no chance of a defense in the form of their dignity, when it all boils down to dignity here, and which was taken from them. And they were put into cells and fed with watered-down peanut butter sandwiches 
and kept at an over-incarceration rate. And these are a demographic of people that have been uh, suppressed by a colonial system dating back before they were born. So they had no chance and they were born into a system that worked to suppress them as a spotlight of was on for the young Aboriginal men. In his letter to advocates, Cardinal further discussed this epidemic of Indigenous incarceration, emphasizing how Indigenous men have been, quote, unjustly labeled as criminals and thieves as part of a 154-year-long campaign to diminish our identities as protectors of our people. I speak on behalf of a generation of young lost Aboriginal warriors living in a modern-day institution of colonial suppression who have unfairly and unjustly disabled criminals and thieves over a hundred and 50-year campaign to diminish our identities as protectors of our people. Within this architecture of oppression exists a vibrant community of strong, intelligent, creative, generous brothers who eat together, wrestle and play together, and protect each other from a system that has targeted and exploited us by an agenda of dominant mainstream society. Despite this modern-day epidemic of incarceration, our resilient community of modern Aboriginal warriors has survived by the will and creative ambition to prevail from this depth of many an enemy of poverty, addiction, racism, incarceration, to find community and belonging and acceptance in this dominant mainstream model of humanity if not by our own standards, for we are an oppressed people. We are inmates of not only institutions of incarceration, but every other institution that has dominated us for years. We are inmates of poverty, inmates of high suicide rates, inmates of disease, and inmates of over-representation in the justice system. The current events surrounding the outbreak in provincial prisons is an example of the relationship and failures to protect a vulnerable people in their care. It's an example of a 150-year-old tradition of ignoring the needs of a vulnerable people within their power to protect and mustn't go unrecognized. This cycle of systemic oppression must be broken and must be recognized for what it is, a modern-day act of genocide meant to eradicate our people. We humbly appeal to the intelligent, educated, capable minds that are more suitable and equipped in logic and law to employ and unite in conversations and inquiry into the epidemic of incarceration the overuse of remand, the overrepresentation of dangerous offender hearings of Aboriginals to form a defense against the systemic oppression that has tortured our dignity and lives as a vulnerable people. Please include us in your model of humanity. As much as he focused on revealing systemic oppression, however, Cardinal never lost sight of hope 
and he steadfastly refused to depict his communities from a deficit or damage-centered perspective. Instead, he insisted on their collective power. Resistance amidst COVID-19. On January 4, 2021, a multi-institutional hunger strike began across Saskatchewan, with some prisoners refusing food for over two weeks. As a lead organizer, Cardinal catalyzed into action over 90 prisoners from the Saskatoon Correctional Centre and Pine Grove Correctional Centre, a women's provincial jail in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. As the COVID progressed, so did our, our unification and our, you know, our discussions. And so we started organizing and uh, having discussions on how we could possibly get more information from the ministry and stuff. So, and then uh, as the numbers started to, to, to get uh, more in the community, uh, I started to look around me and I, I noticed, you know, like all my peers and stuff. And, you know, these, these people are vulnerable, you know, like it started, you know, like Saskatoon has the highest rates of HIV infection and there was people that were overcrowded and sitting on, you know, laying on, on the ground, like uh, on the bunk beds and uh, makeshift beds around me. And these are my peers, my, you know, like these were people I grew up with, people that I survived on the streets with, people that I was hungry and stuff and, you know, that I had to take desperate measures with, people that I loved. So in reality, it was an act of love, you know, out of my friends. So I, you know, like I just had to, you know, take the appropriate actions to try to form some kind of defense for vulnerable people. So, you know, I tried to create a dialogue between the inmates and the Ministry of Corrections and things were breaking down, which led to the hunger strike, right? Strikers protested the deplorable conditions in Saskatchewan's provincial jails and called for the resignation of the Minister of Corrections and Policing, Christine Tell, for failing to protect those in custody from COVID-19. Outside advocates heeded Cardinal's call to support prisoner efforts, organizing a National Day of Action, circulating a petition that gained over 1,500 signatures, and engaging in a solidarity hunger strike. In November 2020, two months earlier, Cardinal had sounded the alarm, writing to Minister Tell and warning of the potential for serious COVID outbreaks should the ministry fail to decarcerate its overcrowded jails and improve access to PPE, hygiene products, and cleaning supplies. He called for the release of elderly and immunocompromised prisoners, as well as those on remand, pre-trial or pre-sentencing detention. He drew attention to the increased dangers facing prisoners with pre-existing health conditions, such as HIV and Hep C, which he stressed were an epidemic on their own. Living with HIV himself, Cardinal was a longtime advocate for people with bloodborne infections. Cardinal's letters to the minister went unanswered. In late November, there was a COVID-19 outbreak at the Saskatoon Correctional Centre with 142 people documented as contracting the virus. Due to inadequate testing and substantial rates of false negatives, the true number is likely much higher. In April, Cardinal spoke with Montreal's prison radio show about the ministry's management of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the COVID-19 virus is, I think, known as the virus of truth. I truly believe that refusal to protect a demographic of vulnerable people and letting them get sick like that is should be considered knowing that corrections are full with 85% Aboriginal people that have pre-existing health conditions, including the highest level of HIV coupled with Hep C as a co-infection. 
which is a pandemic within itself, which was also emphasized as a predominant factor, right? General knowledge. So that's a pandemic within a pandemic, right? So these vulnerable inmates, high levels of HIV, that's one virus, coupled with hep C, that's two viruses, and COVID-19, that's three viruses running around. And these were all brought to the attention. Like I emphasized these in two letters to the Minister of Corrections and Policing, and it was just met with ignorance, just, just a refusal to protect them. And I truly believe that's an act of genocide meant to, meant to you know, to eradicate. But despite these dire conditions, Cardinal again found hope, reflecting on the collective action of late 2020 and early 2021, he said, it just sparked a movement. It took off like wildfire. It was a true show of unification and it was very uplifting. Word warrior. Cardinal was a talented poet and spoken word artist. He brought his considerable skills and creative expression to a range of topics, writing and rhyming prolifically about homelessness, substance abuse, poverty, alienation, suffering, and always survival. He was a self-described poetic street survival advocate, using his art to record and resist. When he lacked paper, he was known to put pen to skin, using his body as the canvas for his words. His poem, A Warrior's Expression, penned during the January strike, speaks to this experience. A Warrior's Expression by Corey Cardinal. I'm just a man, a modern-day warrior, divided by colonial structures, cut deep, stitched up with suchers. Babies born to systematic mothers, elaborate schemes prevail. Suppressed, vulnerable natives by numbers. Persons paint portraits of perpetual bricks they hold humanity. Insanity, etched in the concrete slab. Young lost native kids foreign games to protect each other in this concrete jungle of government numbers. Inmates unite, lost ways are found, they stand together. A primordial code in traditional cultures remembered. Old wise elders speak tales of truth. To young lost youth, like fires inside the hearts of men prevail. Understanding sets sail like ships of Columbus. The rain washes dirt and paint away. No more ruckus, no more slaves. Modern day suppression. This is poetry. Spoken word rains heavy. Teach lessons, influence. Young laws confuse minds to a path of profession. A young Aboriginal warrior's expression. In 2010, Cardinal won a writing contest at the Saskatoon Correctional Centre, and many of his poems were featured in Creative Escape, an annual volume of poetry, prose, and visual art by incarcerated men. He also authored a chapter in Straight Up in Gangs, The Untold Stories, a gang prevention book for youth which features the stories of former street gang members. As with everything he did, Cardinal was driven to do this work by a sense of responsibility in this case, to Indigenous youth. After a lengthy incarceration, he wrote, I came upon many young kids, all of whom were in the midst of initiating into gang life, without a clue as to what it was about. 
It was then that I finally decided that I had gained enough responsibility to become a positive role model. I picked up a pen and began writing about my life. An educator as well as an agitator, Cardinal used his art to teach and inspire. His work sparked the development of Inspired Minds, a creative writing program for incarcerated men and women in Saskatchewan and Alberta. He worked on a documentary entitled Homeless, Not Hopeless, which aimed to raise awareness about the realities of homelessness in Saskatoon. And as a guest lecturer at the University of Saskatchewan, sharing his poetry in numerous literature classes, he opened students' minds to the systemic oppression faced by incarcerated people while igniting hope for change. More recently, in February 2021, he partnered with True North Radio to celebrate Aboriginal Storytelling Month, gathering together a group of men at the Saskatoon Correctional Centre to share their creative works on community radio. Cardinal often spoke passionately about the tremendous wealth of creative talent behind bars, never missing an opportunity to provide a platform for this work. Quote, the Correctional Centre here is an untapped pool of inmate talent, an underground subculture, a creative cultural revolution, he said protector of the people, and make a difference he did. Through his work as a prisoner justice advocate, Cardinal fulfilled his purpose to protect his people. He found his calling in defending fellow prisoners, as he explained in a conversation with Perilous. His advocacy work began back in 2015 in response to endemic overcrowding at the Saskatoon Correctional Centre. In 2019, he founded Inmates for Humane Conditions, a, quote, network of unified inmates advocating for a better system for all. I formed the Inmates for Humane Conditions as a way to have inmates speak on their behalf for inmates to have a fighting chance in defense so that they could have something, so that they could have hope and dignity in a system that seeks to suppress the young Aboriginal man and the young Aboriginal person. Cardinal knew that the voices and stories of prisoners needed to be heard, and he encouraged his comrades to defend their rights. In January 2021, with the help of Sherry Meyer of Beyond Prison Walls Canada, he organized a letter-writing campaign, which led to over 20 letters being sent from prisoners to the Minister of Corrections and Policing, Christine Tell, decrying the state of Saskatchewan's jails. In one such letter, fellow prisoner Oliver Picacute spoke to Cardinal's support. Quote, I have had the misfortune of being incarcerated here at the Saskatoon Correctional Centre Overflow Dorm. I am actually at a loss for words. However, my brother Corey won't let me slide and insists I share my story. Indeed, part of Cardinal's power was his ability to galvanize others into action, both inside and beyond the prison walls. He inspired lawyers, journalists, prisoner justice advocates, and penal abolitionists across the country. Sherry Meyer of Beyond Prison Walls Canada worked closely with Cardinal over the past year. In an interview with Perilous, Meyer spoke about Cardinal's work and his legacy. You know, if this was to happen to anybody else, right away, Corey would be like, we need to do something. You know, like, he was like that with the Kimberly squirrel passing on. You know, he's always like, right there, let's do something, let's do something. And we had talked about things um, in the past about, you know, like, trying to raise money to do something to get a vehicle. What he wanted to do was to get a vehicle going so that we could pick up the girls from Pine Grove and take them home, wherever home would be. Because for them, you know, that's one jail and it's serving all of Saskatchewan. You know, it's not it's not like the men where there's one in Regina, Prince Albert, Saskatoon. 
So that was something he wanted to do. Um, another thing we talked about was how, you know, there's the horrible pandemic thing of the, the issue of um, homelessness and substance abuse for inmates, and there is no help. Clearly, we've seen that, you know, with the passing of Corey. Carrie Auger, Nehiao, a member of Freelands, Free Peoples, an anti-colonial penal abolition group based in Edmonton, Alberta, also worked with Cardinal over the past year. In an interview with Perilous, Auger spoke of the impact of Cardinal's life on her own work and the work of her community. Corey's work is really central to everything that we've been doing as a new Indigenous-led anti-colonial group. And we really showed up and continue to show up because Corey reminds us of our obligations and responsibilities to each other to care for each other. And his death and the violence that he's experienced in the carceral system reminds us that there is no justice in the system for Indigenous peoples and that there never will be. And Corey's unending resistance to the system is a massive call to our communities to set our collective fire to the system and let grow from the ashes an Indigenous system of love, care, and responsibility. In 2020, with the rise of COVID-19, Cardinal became increasingly concerned not only about the health and safety of his fellow prisoners, but about the specific issues facing Indigenous women, particularly those behind bars. He drew attention to the calls for justice of the final report of the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls, insisting that Indigenous and non-Indigenous leaders do more to implement the calls, particularly those related to incarcerated women. He was especially impacted by the story of Kimberly Squirrel, an Indigenous woman who had been incarcerated at Pine Grove Correctional Center. Only three days after her release, Squirrel was found frozen outside. Upon learning about her death in the newspaper, Cardinal sprang into action, organizing an inmate support fund, instituting a toll-free support line, and making plans for a robust grassroots network of care that would support prisoners and those recently released. Continuing the struggle. On the day he was released from the Saskatoon Correctional Center, just two months before his death, Cardinal took part in a protest with other concerned citizens, speaking out against the Saskatchewan Party government's decision not to fund prairie harm reduction, Saskatchewan's only safe injection site. As someone who used drugs, Cardinal was passionate about the need for harm reduction. In an interview with the Saskatoon Star Phoenix, he said, I know for a fact if I had a safe place to go, I wouldn't be so ashamed of my addiction, and I wouldn't be out using by myself, using dangerously. On June 9th, 2021, Cardinal died from a drug overdose on the streets of Saskatoon, where he was living after his release. His death is not only a horrible tragedy, but a searing indictment of the colonial systems that engineered his death. It was a heartbreaking thing that happened, Cardinal said of Kimberly Squirrel shortly after her death. What happened to her was another example of systemic failure. Of course, the same could be said of Cardinal. Given the proper supports, safe supply, safe injection, and a strong circle of non-carceral care, his death could have been prevented. Meyer said that even after all he'd done to raise awareness about the need to help prisoners upon release, Cardinal did not get the support he needed when he was released. They knew he had an addiction. You know, like, Corey has appeared on his, before he went to custody, he was on the Saskatoon paramedic show 
for, you know, having an overdose of fentanyl. So to me, I hold the system responsible in their negligence in that they knew he had an overdose. They knew he doesn't always have a place to go, but they didn't assist him in helping him in any way. While the system worked against Cardinal in every way possible, he was never defeated. In his persistent resistance to colonial suppression, his love for his people, and his decision to fight harder, speak louder, and continue the struggle, we find a clear set of directions for how to move forward in the wake of his death. Fight harder, speak louder, continue the struggle. He's shown us how. Thanks to Abby, the folks at Perilous Chronicle, and to all who contributed to the show. You can find our previous episodes with Corey on our website, kitelineradio.org. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. KiteLine, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Please join us every Friday for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our community. Thank you for listening.